Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus, why the courts stopped Trump's election lawsuits. Now, if you have been doing anything except living in a cave somewhere, you know that between Election Day and the voting of the Electoral College on December 14th, President Trump and his team of lawyers, led by Rudolph Giuliani, among others, uh, filed something like 50 different lawsuits in a host of states, uh, all contesting the election and screaming over and over and over that the election had been a fraud and it was a stolen election, that votes had been stolen, and that the courts ought to stop the counting, cancel the votes, cancel the election, overturn the election because of this fraud, 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 fraud. You probably also know that of these 50-plus lawsuits, one court in one partial victory said, you know, you might be right. In every other instance, the court said, you got to be kidding, and dismissed these lawsuits outright. The U.S. Supreme Court refused, not once, but twice, to get involved in this, refusing to take up any such case. And so you have to ask yourself, is there an explanation? And plenty of people have been doing this and sending me questions and sending me suggestions about why this happened the way it did. Why did the Trump team go essentially 0 for 50? Well, let me tell you a little bit about what I've been thinking here. And I get in this moment of telling you that to tell you a little bit about a friend who sent me something uh, that I'm going to react to for you. Uh, among the most treasured relationships in my life are relationships with two of my high school teachers. Uh, these two gentlemen, one taught me honors English, one taught me honors U.S. history. These are the equivalents of AP classes that folks have now. Uh, and I'm still in touch with both of them. And every once in a while, I'll hear from them and they'll ask me a question. Uh, sometimes we're just shooting the breeze. But this was the question of the day in an email from one of them. One of them sent me an email uh, attaching an article uh, by a gentleman named Ted Becker. And I understood the question to be, what do you think of this? So let me tell you a little bit about that article because it attempts to explain why Trump didn't win a single case. And then I'll tell you what I think. All right. This article was written by a man named Ted Becker, and the article was titled How and Why the American Judicial System Saved the USA from Trumpism. It was published on December 12th, 2020, on the website called Informed Consent. We'll put a link to this article up on the website so you can read it for yourself. Um, in the piece, I'll just describe it briefly, Mr. Becker said that the reason that judges didn't buckle to any of the Trump campaign's uh, uh, 50 or so 
lawsuits uh, carrying unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud or theft of the election is because these judges responded to this blizzard of legal activity by staying within the true judicial role, that is, making a straight legal call, and by acting according to precedent, according to Mr. Becker, uh, who went to law school, who is a lawyer, uh, who has written some books. Uh, he says this was the point of his doctoral thesis, actually many years ago, that uh, was published as a book. Uh, judges follow the judicial role. They follow what judges are supposed to do, which is to act according and only on uh, what is in front of them and to respect precedent, the idea of stare decisis in Latin, the idea that, that you're supposed to respect the law as it's been decided before unless there is some kind of factual difference or a real uh, reason to depart from settled precedent. And Mr. Becker uh, says, uh, and I think he's right about this, that there were these factors played into why the Trump lawsuits were dismissed by courts, from lower state courts to the U.S. Supreme Court. There simply was no reason to step outside of their judicial role, and there was definitely no precedent to support throwing out an election. Now, you may be thinking in terms of precedent, Bush versus Gore in 2000. Well, here, there's no razor-thin margin, uh, and it can all be decided by the counting of the little hanging chads, those little pieces of paper on the paper punch-out ballots. This wasn't Florida in 2000. Everywhere that Trump lost in a crucial battleground state, uh, there were thousands of votes between him and Biden, sometimes many thousands. Uh, and because of that, the courts came into this pretty skeptical. It was not a case with any precedent. But I think there's actually something else going on here, too. Something even more basic. Uh, maybe it's a lot like Mr. Becker's argument that judges are told to stay in their role of being neutral arbiters who decide the case in front of them. But I think there's actually a little bit more to it than that. The more basic problem here uh, goes beyond simply judges being bound by precedent. And this basic issue, this basic problem is a little thing we call evidence, as in having some evidence to substantiate one's claim made in a court when you ask a court to do something. Take a quick break with me right here. We'll be right back to fill out the picture. Hi, David Harris here, back with you on Criminal Injustice. And so let me tell you why the most basic concept, idea, and requirement that defeated the Trump election lawsuits was evidence. Now, I've been teaching the legal subject called evidence, and we would capitalize evidence with a capital E there because it's the name of a course, uh, for some number of years as a law school professor. 
And on the first day of evidence class, uh, I want to give the students a handy short definition for the subject of evidence. How do I define the subject? I define evidence for them this way. I say evidence means the law, rules, and procedures for proving stuff in court. Really, that's what I say. It's how you prove stuff in court. It is the law of proving facts. Evidence in the form of provable facts is required in order to get anywhere in a court action. Without evidence, the case will eventually be dismissed. Now, to circle back to Mr. Becker's article, he is correct when he says that anyone can defend oneself in court with even very weak evidence, or almost none, when one has substantial resources, lots of money to litigate over and over and delay things until the other side finally capitulates. Now, this can be used to force people to accept less than they are owed, to cow them into silence. And it is correct for sure that Trump has been a master at abusing the legal system in this way for years stifling people, stiffing people, and shutting them up simply by being rich enough to afford lots of legal time and being very litigious. But this is really different when you are the person bringing the lawsuit, trying to get a court to do something. And it was extremely different in all of these election lawsuits. It's different because, number one, when one brings the suit and acts as the plaintiff, you have the burden of coming forward with at least some evidence to substantiate your claim. You have the burden of proof. It's up to you to show that there's something behind your allegations. Number two, uh, the person who brings the suit is in the position of needing things to happen before running out of time rather than simply stalling until the other side gives up. And number three, uh, it's especially important to have evidence when you want something, some really extraordinary action or extraordinary relief from a court. You're not just contesting a debt or uh, something uh, very ordinary like that, but you're asking for a judge to throw out the results of an election. That is something incredibly different. Now, in a situation like this, a judge wants, will not go forward without evidence, real proof of the wrongdoing that is alleged. Uh, won't do it without that. It's not enough to stand up in court and scream, fraud, fraud, fraud a million times on social media or to have a Twitter hashtag of stop the steal that's been retweeted a thousand thousand times. You have to have real honest to God facts that can be proven as evidence. And this is what was missing from the Trump election cases. This is what Rudy Giuliani, who argued these cases, 
did not have. They had no evidence, nothing at all. Now, to me, the most telling moment where you can really feel this and even hear it actually came in a federal court suit here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, my own state, and it was Rudy Giuliani arguing the case for the president, standing up, as it were, in a virtual sense, in front of a federal judge to make his argument that the counting of votes should be stopped because of fraud, 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 fraud. The complaint that he and his fellow lawyers had filed talked about the extraordinary relief, the extraordinary action they wanted from the judge that would be required to stop this terrible stealing of the election in Pennsylvania. Then the judge asked him, the judge asked him, point blank, what was the evidence for his claims of fraud? Because, you see, the complaint in the case, the document filed by the lawyers to start the lawsuit, didn't seem to actually allege any fraud, despite all the extensive claims by Giuliani of fraud every time you looked at cable TV, if you do that sort of thing. So the judge asked Giuliani, where is it? Now, here's some of the audio of that hearing. You can hear it for yourself. The first voice you're going to hear is U.S. District Judge Matthew Brand. Then there's Giuliani. Now, this goes by kind of quick, so listen good. Here you go. So it's correct to say then that you're not alleging fraud in the amended complaint. No, Your Honor, there's not. You hear that? The judge asks him, is this a fraud case or not? And he says, Giuliani does, uh, Your Honor, it does not state a fraud claim. Right? The judge goes on to press Giuliani on what the claims actually are in his case. And Giuliani tries to have it both ways, alleging fraud without saying so in the new complaint that had just been filed in the court. Uh, it's a fraud case without fraud claims, Giuliani seems to be saying. Giuliani says uh, he's alleging a, quote, nationwide scheme, very much like what he's been claiming on television 24-7. But the judge He's a judge in a real court. This isn't Judge Judy. He wouldn't have it. And he asks Giuliani again, is this a fraud case or isn't it? Now listen again, first to Judge Brand and then Giuliani. So the amended complaint, does, does the amended complaint plead fraud with particularity? No, Your Honor. And, and it doesn't plead fraud. So after weeks of news conference after news conference, tweet after tweet, claiming fraud, 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 stealing the election. When push comes to shove, Giuliani tells the court, it's not a fraud case. It's about these other things, uh, Republican judges not being able to stand close enough to the counting tables, etc., etc. Now, ask yourself, why does he do that? What makes him back away from the claim of fraud when the chips are really on the table? They're in court. Why back down then? 
Because whatever else you want to say about him, Giuliani is a lawyer, and he knows that a lawyer who stands in front of a court and says something untrue to a judge will end up in a world of hurt. He'll be held in contempt. He'll be referred to the bar authorities for disciplinary action to have his license revoked. Perhaps he'll even be prosecuted for criminal contempt of court. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is the truth right there. They had nothing. And when it wasn't TV anymore, when it was real, they said as much. No fraud. Just bluster and lies and throwing sand in your eyes. They had no evidence and never did. Nothing that would be acceptable in any court. And they bloody well knew it. These briefs that they filed, these cases that they filed in courts, these were press releases masquerading as lawsuits and legal briefs. So that's my take. Uh, Yes, the judiciary stood up and did not succumb to the mob mentality that was being encouraged, mobs of lawyers in this case, or the blatant attempt to use propaganda to defeat an opponent when the opponent clearly won at the ballot box. And this wasn't Florida in 2000. Nothing close. These cases would not even allow judges who might be sympathetic to Trump, people that Trump had put on the federal courts by himself. They would not allow even those judges to turn a blind eye to what he was trying to do. There was fraud all right. But the fraud wasn't in the election. It was in the legal briefs and lawsuits coming from the person that lost. So this was pretty simple. They simply had no evidence. Case, or should I say cases, closed. That's it. You can always go to our website, that's criminalinjusticepodcast.com, for all of our news bonuses, other features, and our interviews with the most interesting and impactful people in the criminal legal sphere. We are a listener-supported podcast. You want to do that for us? Go to patreon.com slash criminalinjustice. We really appreciate that, and you folks who've already done it, Thank you, thank you, and thank you again. I am David Harris, and I'll be back with you next time.